Hello and welcome back to the latest edition of the TED's News Podcast, where we bring you the essential briefing on the key news of the week for everyone who works for and with schools. I'm Mary Louise Clues, News Editor at TED's, and in today's episode, I'm very excited to be discussing our big story of the week, um, an exclusive interview with the new Shadow Schools Minister, Catherine McKinnell, which is live today on TED's.com forward slash magazine. It's a really great piece, you should read it, but just in advance, um, here to give us a bit of a taster. I'm uh, very pleased to have with me on the podcast today our senior reporter, Matilda Martin. Hi, Matilda. Hi, Mary Louise. Hi, thanks for joining us. So, Matilda, you've, you've finally got to meet Catherine McKinnell after months of chasing, um, just, a, just a couple of months um, since she was appointed. So what was she like? Yeah, so this is an interview that I've been wanting and I think, you know, Tess has been wanting to secure for a while. We knew it probably wasn't something that we would get immediately when she took up the role in September, but I'm glad we can finally bring our readers some insight into what makes McKinnell tick and also what her main priorities are going to be. One of the things that I think she really wanted to make clear to me is that she's aware of the scale of the challenges facing the sector at the moment. And she's also not afraid to get into the detail of the brief. I, I also really got the sense of her and the Shadow Education Secretary, Bridget Phillipson, really seeing themselves as a team. You know, they're both from the Northeast. They both agree on the issues that need to be dealt with there. Um, and in terms of, of, you know, public investment in, in, in services, schools, um, public transport. Uh, which, which McKinnell also wants wants to see fixed nationally. Interesting. So they both became MPs at the same time. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So I, you know, 2010, when we've got the Conservatives coming into power, Catherine McKinnell and Bridget Phillipson, quite literally, she told me, actually stepped into Parliament together at exactly the same time. So yeah, it, it certainly seems to have been one of those things that's kind of feels a bit of a full circle moment for them. Interesting. So, so they've uh, it's fair to say they've both had a bit of a while to um, to get used to being in opposition um, in thirteen years, and I guess work out what their priorities would be for for a Labour government. Did you get the sense that that Catherine has a passion for for education and schools in the same way that we've come to see the recently departing Mr. Gibbs seem to have? Definitely. I think you know we all know whatever side of of. Um whatever side of the argument you're on, that, that Nick Gibb, you know, was, was passionate and had certain drives and, and things that he wanted to champion. And I think we can definitely say the same for Catherine McKinnell. So one of the things that she really wanted to get across to me, I think, in the interview as well as, as our readers, is how much, one, how much she loved school and, and two, how much she wanted that to be a universal um, a universal experience for, for all children in the country. And she also really kind of accepted the fact that in order to make that happen, the workforce, so teachers, leaders, all staff, she was very, very clear to, to emphasise that all staff in schools, including support staff, were included in this, that the workforce were happy as well. Um, and I think that that's going to be the thing really that, that what drives her is, is bringing, bringing back fun fun to education, fun to the classrooms, um, and, and also uh, that, that enjoyment that will hopefully retain some more of the workforce than we've, we've got at the moment. 
Interesting. Quite quite a cha- quite a challenge there. But um obviously she's one she's keen to take on. Um you mentioned Catherine said that she and, and Bridget Phillipson are close and, and uh, plan, you know, are happy to work together on problems facing the sector. But does she think that she can keep everyone in the Labour Party with the numerous polarising views on assessment and curriculum happy? So she wouldn't address any particular names or, or aspects of possible tug of wars that we could see within uh, the Labour Party if they, they were to be elected, and indeed that, that we're saying now. But she seemed pretty confident that they would be able to hold the fort. She spoke a lot about how, you know, the engagement with the sector would be central all the decisions that would be made or all consultations with the sector would be driven by evidence and by conversations. So I think there's a real sense of not just striving out with an idea of what, what they want things to be like, but also taking on board that feedback and, and implementing it, um, having weighed up the pros and cons of every decision. That's interesting. I mean, speaking of debate in the sector, there's, there are so many issues that are vying for for policy attention at the moment. I mean, not least this week, we've got um, the issue of a kind of full-on battle broken out between, what's well, sort of the latest battle between DfE and um, the school sector over, this time over, um, teacher strikes and government plans for minimum service as levels in classrooms. Um, but there's that, there's the issue of Ofsted reform. Of course, we've got the Ruth Perry inquest happening this week as well. Um, and all, but all the, that brings up again all the, the questions around how Ofsted um, should be running and their future relationship with schools. And we've got the, the issues around um, pupil mental health, uh, um, rising levels of anxiety since the pandemic, um, the ongoing, uh, seem, seemingly increasingly worsening um, issues around um, teacher recruitment and retention. And then, and then the structure of the school system as a whole. Um, did McKinnell shed any light on what we can expect from a Labour government on any of those issues? Just, just a few things there. Yeah, certainly a, a lot of stuff, um, stuff there. And I think she did address most of those areas and, and acknowledge, you know, that there's a lot to do. Um, I don't want to give away too many more spoilers. Um, you know, you'll, you'll have to re- read the piece available to, t- to test subscribers on the site right now um, if, you, if you want to kind of hear any more. The only thing I will say is that, you know, I, McKinnell came across as someone who was determined to, to be seen as a real force for the sector, someone that's really, really going to listen. Um, but she also seemed very aware of the scale of the issue that was facing her and a Labour government if they were to be elected next year and really emphasised that while, you know, some some issues are ones that are going to be quick fixes, there are others that will need time and investment. And I think that's something that she really, really wanted to get across to me in the interview. Well, that's intriguing. Obviously, I have read the piece and yeah, it's a great read and um, I urge readers and subscribers to, to get online and, and get all the details of her thoughts on those, on those pressing issues for schools. Just before we go, I'm just wondering, we're not short of sound bites um, from, from uh, Labour leaders in the, past, in the past few years. Obviously, um, previous Labour government's uh, leader was, was very vocal in his, when he was campaigning to to get elected with the with the education 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 slogan and more recently with Keir Starmer we've we had a a key education speech where he talked about um, measures to 
to break the class ceiling, including improving uh, performance of the younger students at the years foundation stage. Does you get a sense that um, that Catherine McKinnell is sort of warming up any any sound bites for the yeah. election trail at all? Yeah. So I think. I think one of the things that we've obviously heard before was this idea of resetting the relationship with the profession. You know, we've we've been hearing that for for quite a few months now, and I think it's something that uh, the opposition is kind of selling as its way to really kind of kick start um, any new reforms, any new changes within the education sector. <laughs> one of the other things that kind of emerged throughout the interview, I think, was the fact that she really wants to sell herself as a, a details person. You know, she's not not afraid to get under the lid of problems. So I think, you know, we could probably probably look out for for phrases like detail or or phrases like, you know, I I, I like to like to talk, but I can also listen very, very well. Um, so I think that's something we could keep an eye out for. Um, so resetting the relationship with the sector is something I've heard from from the edu- Labour education team quite a lot as well. And I think he mentioned recently at the Labour Party conference that thing to be a theme. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a way for them to hit the ground running without having to make too many big changes, perhaps. So definitely something for, for us to kind of see how they intend to do that immediately if they do get into, into power next year. Amazing. Thanks so much for, getting up, uh, for giving us a, a sneak preview of that piece. Matilda, um, I will just give it another plug again. You can go on and read if you subscribe to Tez. You can read the piece in full at tez.com forward slash magazine. Um, thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget, you can catch up on all our coverage of the week's stories, including the pieces that I mentioned covering the um, the heating up battle between the, the DfE and teaching unions and organisations, uh, school leader organisations over the minimum service levels. Um, plus coverage through Perry and Quest and lots, lots more on tes.com forward slash magazine forward slash news. Thanks for listening. See you next week.